0: You know, Chris, I think it's starting to become clear to the hockey world. It's certainly clear to me, but I think the rest of the hockey world is starting to realize as well that following another hat trick last night, Austin Matthews right now is the best hockey player in the world. All due respect to Connor McDavid, but what we have seen from Austin Matthews this season is a whole other level of what was already a great generational talent. Uh, like, we had a Leafs check-in last week, Chris. I don't think we made a big enough deal about what Austin Matthews has done this season. The single-handed offensive attack that he has provided is truly remarkable, with a big shout-out to his line mates Mitch Marner and uh, Michael Bunting, of course. But Austin Matthews is a one-man wrecking crew on so many of these goals this season. And a big shout-out to Jonas Siegel of of The Athletic, Uh, Who had a great column this morning, uh, which is where I'm going to get a lot of these upcoming facts from. But I think, as Jonas mentioned, a lot of people forget how Austin Matthews started this season. He missed the first three games of the year because he was coming back from wrist surgery, pretty important when you have the best wrist shot in the NHL. And then he might have come back a little too soon because he only scored one time in his first six games. So in the first nine Leafs games of the year, Austin Matthews only had one goal. I don't know if you remember, Chris, but people were like freaking out. People were worried that he, something was seriously wrong with Austin Matthews and that he was in a slump after the poor performance in the playoffs last year. All we had seen of Austin Matthews was a bit of shaky inconsistency. And since then, are you ready for this? Since then, in the 48 games since, Austin Matthews has 42 goals in 48 games. 42 and 48 you can extrapolate that out to a 72 goal season and extrapolating stats is always fine when a player is on a hot streak but 48 games is more than half the year like this is not just a hot streak this is real he's an elite defensive forward he plays very well in his own end he's big he's strong he takes the puck away Connor mcdavid all due respect grades out as one of the worst defensive forwards in the entire nhl he's not a two-way player like Matthews is and every time Austin Matthews touches the puck there's like a buzz in the air every time it's on his stick you know there's a chance that he's going to turn in something magical and that's that x-factor that leads me to declare on top of everything else right now there's no better hockey player on
1: the planet than Austin Matthews and there's no better podcast on the planet than high floor low ceiling And welcome to High Floor, Low Ceiling, the sports podcast that you are listening to right now. I'm joined by Griffin. How are you today, Griffin? That was a wonderful rant you dropped on us. Thank you. Yeah, you can tell when I get passionate about one
0: because my mouth fills up Mm -hmm. with moisture. So that's a little behind-the-scenes podcast fact (laughs) for all our listeners. There are a lot of times during this podcast, I have a very wet mouth.
1: Yeah, it's definitely hard to balance that uh, we try and test our moisture levels daily, but <laughs> it's just hard to maintain that, that equilibrium that we search for, the homeostasis, if you will. Uh, Griffin, I have heard tell from you specifically that you've been perusing our stats on Anchor, as you love to do. You know me, uh, Chris. You love our data, and you have come up with some startling new discoveries, What? so please fill us in.
0: Yes, well, uh, a big shout-out to all of our listeners, as always. We really appreciate you guys tuning in to us from all around the world, because uh, we... First of all, I want to give an update on our German listener, who is still (laughs) consistent. Wow. Still consistent. Listening to, I believe, most episodes is a person in... And I realized recently that our stats uh, can get more refined than just the country... So this person is listening in from the Hess region of Germany. So if you are out there, if you are in Hess, Germany, or any other part of Germany, or just, like, Europe, and you are this listener, please let us know. We would love to chat with you. We would love to meet you, maybe even have you on the pod. Like, that would be a big honor.
1: Do we, Uh, do you, Griffin, know any Germans? I'm trying to figure out if there's anyone in my social circle that i know that might be in germany specifically it seems like they could be in frankfurt uh,
0: yeah chris i don't know uh anyone who directly lives in germany i had a couple possibilities in a, in my mind there's our good friend victoria good friend of the show Ooh, the great i victoria know that Harko. Yes, I know that she, in the past, has lived in Europe and might have, like, some family who lives in Europe, so I don't know if she's recommended the pod to some family. (laughs) And then there was also a Carleton University football legend, Phil Ioki, one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen in person, and uh, one of the best wide receivers in Carleton football history. Um I know that he was going to school in Europe as well, so it might be Phil. I don't think he was in Germany last I heard, but a big shout out to Phil first of all for uh... huge
1: shout out. Huge shout out to all our listeners. Yeah. Um. Just offhand, Griffin, uh, I'm just curious. We can do a little trivia here. How? What do you think the population of Frankfurt is? Because I feel like I have a very poor image of like what Europe is like and like how many people <laughs> are are in a given like. Yeah, th- I know what you mean. What do you think the population of Germany is? Let's start there.
0: Germany, hmm. I'm gonna go with
1: eighty-five million. Let's see. Wow, you are shockingly close. Really? 80, 83 million oh my Was God. the 2020 estimate that was truly impressive? And now let's let's really drill down on Frankfurt. Uh, is Frankfurt know, in in
0: Hesse? Is that why we're talking Frankfurt? It is the Frankfurt?
1: most populous city in Hesse. In fact. And okay. the fifth most populous city in Germany.
0: Fifth most populous. All right. Uh, I do feel like it's going to be bigger than most Canadian or American cities. Even though fifth most populous. Really, I would have thought it was higher on the German list. But I'm going to go with either, 7 million in Frankfurt.
1: <laughs> well, you the Frankfurt metro area, to be fair to you, is about 5.6 million. So, okay. you know, that's, that's close enough. The city proper... Seven hundred sixty-four thousand.
0: Okay, but no one ever goes by but, the city. Yeah, it's proper. True, It's, it's true. the metro
1: area. Sure, uh, the metro area. uh okay. The largest cities in. Yeah, these all make sense. Berlin, Hamburg, Munich, Cologne, Frankfurt. Okay. Well, yeah. You got you know Stuttgart, Dusseldorf, rounding out the uh, the top seven like there.
0: Frankfurt is a good start for us to find this German listener though. Maybe we should take a high floor, low ceiling corporate retreat. Yeah.
1: And then so we can first just... One, first one is to a Raptors game. Second one is to Frankfurt.
0: Yeah. And then we can, like, put the logo on a couple of T-shirts and just walk around and wait for the <laughs> one person to recognize. Me. Be like, hey, hey I like that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's That's
1: just, like, a random German guy. Yeah, He's like, these guys are cool. <laughs> do you think he speaks English? Um, or do you think he just likes our cadence? I think it's probably, yeah,
0: sleeping aid. <laughs> <for him. laughs> but uh, Chris... Uh, there was one more geographic update I wanted oh, to wow. give you because I found out we can go
1: state by state
0: on our American listeners. Okay,
1: this is absolutely major because we love to talk about the specific geographic uh, areas that our listeners like to occupy, and let's find out is is this is this true, Griffin? Are we really? The Midwest's favorite podcast.
0: That we do. Um, I have to say, 9% of our <laughs> listeners come from the United States, so a big thank you to all of our American listeners. Huge. Of those 9%, apparently we have nine different states in the union covered. This does not... How? Are... Yeah, the math does not compute on that to <laughs> me, but I'm just going off of what Anchor tells us. Maybe someone listens to us on, like, long road trips, uh, so they're crossing state or lines. Um Of course. We are most popular of our, on the Eastern Seaboard. 27% of our American listeners are from the Great Commonwealth of Virginia. <laughs>
1: how are, I mean I I can't I don't know how they get these numbers, but like how are they getting these obviously incorrect <laughs>
0: numbers? I don't know if our listeners are using VPNs or what. But no, That's uh, a possibility. N- that's not 27% of our total listeners. It's just right. 27% of our American listeners. Mm-hmm. Um And then the real thing I wanted to share with you, Chris, like I said, we're most popular along the East Coast of the United States, but 7% of our American listeners are from the great state of Kansas. We have a Midwest state,
1: a Midwest state in the Union. Midwest victory. That's major. All months
0: we've been talking about our Midwest fans and they're real.
1: Yeah, go Jayhawks! Uh, if you are our Kansasian, please reach out. Oh, I, again, please, yes. These numbers are simply preposterous, uh, and I do not believe. These are them. my However, Bible. Yeah, we'll we'll take these as gospel for now. Andrew but Wiggins, Griffin, a,
0: a Canadian with Kansas. Uh,
1: <laughs> sure, he's probably in Kansas a lot right now during basketball season. Oh, uh, but <laughs> but Griffin, we are. You know what it's just it's been too long Griffin since we talked about the National Football League don't you think <laughs>
0: Yes uh, I I was going into withdrawal it had almost been what 3 weeks
1: I believe we've gone 3 cons- well wait when was the Super Bowl that was February the 13th the 13th yep pre Valentine's Day So yeah so that would mean that this is we went 2 weeks without talking football <laughs> But the the news cycle simply does not let up because we we had two gigantic pieces of news that dropped uh, yesterday as of the time that was recording, Tuesday afternoon or uh, thereabouts. Uh, Griffin, well, let's let's start here. The big Discord outage, did this affect you?
0: Uh, I can't say that I'm a huge Discord user, Chris. I use it a little bit, um, but it is definitely not my main source of uh, social interaction, so I can't say it impacted me too much. You seem like a big Discord person
1: huge discord fan shout out to any of my discord homies that are listening but yeah that's often my source of news will be getting ats on especially for nba news because i'm in you know nba channels where people will at with big news and stuff uh and football as well and so i did not even see until like an hour after the fact that russell wilson had been traded to the denver broncos griffin absolutely massive development uh Let's just start very very top level, because Wilson, there was talk about him asking for a trade earlier this year. Quarterback trades are something that feel like they're sort of on the rise in the NFL. Were you surprised that this was a trade that happened? I mean, certainly, I think I was surprised that it happened so early, like before the draft and all that stuff, but... Were you surprised that the Seahawks decided to make this move? I was
0: a little surprised, Chris. Like like you said, the rumblings had been there for a while with Russell Wilson not being happy in Seattle, and certainly the team hadn't been performing at the level it once did with him. Not that that's really his fault, and there's been some health issues there as well. But with that being said, like when healthy, Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback in the NFL, bordering on like top four or three. Um, so... I think when you get one of those guys it's very very rare that they leave especially in the NFL where like trade huge trades and huge like franchise altering free agent signings aren't as common as they might be in other sports. So I was surprised that this happened.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting situation because they do the Seahawks like I was sort of looking back cuz I was like it feels like they haven't been in the playoffs or like you know haven't been a factor in the playoffs in a while but like even just in 2020 they were 12 and 4 they were in a wild card game. They lost to the Rams. Like they were, they've been in the mix. Like they won a playoff game in 2019, and that you know that's the only playoff game they've won in five seasons. But that's not an excessively long amount of time to go without a playoff trip. But it just seems like you know from the the whole Earl Thomas thing uh, and all that. Like it seems like they've just sort of perpetually been a franchise that has sort of like been a little snake bit or just had unfortunate timing. Like they never seem to be able to put everything together and just have like a dominant season, like we'd seen them have like, you know, early twenty tens.
0: Yeah, that uh, Legion of Boom defense aged fairly quickly and unfortunately wasn't able to keep the team at that level and then once Russell Wilson's rookie contract ran ran out, of course that he used up a lot more of their salary cap than he had been before when they had been able to afford all those great defenders.
1: It's an interesting sort of fill philo- I think it sort of raised a philosophical question about team building. Um, you know, the the trade was two first rounders, two second rounders, Drew Locke, the Denver quarterback, was thrown in who has, you know, not really had much of a career so far, doesn't really project to be a long term starter probably. Obviously, you know, we'll we'll get to how big of a haul you should be expecting for a player like this. Um but like just, just philosophically, how do you feel about the idea of trading a star quarterback? Like if you is it are you feeling like If you have that superstar, because, you know, Wilson has proven himself to be in that tier of he can win you a Super Bowl as the starting quarterback. So are you just sort of of the mind that you should never let go of that? Or how do you land with, you know, the way that their franchise is sort of shaking out?
0: Um, I mean, yeah, basically, if you have it, star quarterback is the most, like, hard to find thing maybe in all of sports is a a really great quarterback quarterbacks the most pop or most important position in uh, sports as the old adage goes. So yeah, I think that if you have a Russell Wilson, especially a guy who you like found in like the 5th round of the draft or wherever he was drafted, maybe it was the 3rd third, third and just blossomed into this absolute superstar and is beloved by his city and all that, like you do whatever it takes to keep him happy and let and hang on to him because even if he even if you have to use like 40 percent of your salary cap i don't care like a quarterback makes a team in the nfl that's just the fact of the matter especially in today's nfl uh so i think it's very very surprising to me that they would ever let him go
1: yeah it's it's a tough situation because you do have like i mean obviously i think san francisco is probably the premier example of like a team that has been certainly in contention for a Super Bowl in the last few seasons without having like a really great starting quarterback. But by and large, you're right that you have had to have like a very, very good, like probably elite level. Um, But talking about the hall, I, the first thing that this made me think of was the Rams package that they gave up for Matthew Stafford. And then if you think about, if you think about um, it's probably safe to say that like Jared Goff was a negative asset in that trade, right? With his contract and the way he'd been playing, like, he was worth, probably, he probably cost more than he earned them in, in the sort of balancing of the scales. And then they gave a third round pick and two first round picks. This, If you compare it to that haul, doesn't it seem like the the Seahawks made out pretty well, all things considered? Like, you could say that Stafford, you know, he's, he wasn't proven, you, but isn't he somewhere in the neighborhood of a Russell Wilson. Is that am I being too generous to Matthew Stafford?
0: No, I don't think you are. I do think Russell Wilson's better, but Matthew Stafford is certainly an elite quarterback in the NFL as he proved this year. With that being said, I don't I still don't feel like the Seahawks got enough. Two firsts two first round picks is what they gave up to get Jamal Adams, who plays safety, sure. the the least important position in the NFL. Um like two first round picks just doesn't seem like that much I know they got the two seconds as well but you would think you would want at least three for your franchise icon the best player to ever put on a Seahawks uniform by some standards so I mean I if I was a Seahawks fan I would be pretty disappointed in that haul
1: yeah it's a it's it's an interesting situation because I think that as you sort of alluded to a couple of times I think his status as like the franchise icon does kind of change the calculus a little bit uh, but let's talk about it on the, the Broncos side of things. Griffin, uh, you had a tweet the other day, uh, or yesterday rather, when this came out, about uh, the our holiday special episode because you, for Hanukkah, gave the Broncos a, a gift card to the quarterback store, and they have apparently cashed that in, and they are now uh, in possession of what we assume will you assume he will have a, a very strong, like – at least Pro Bowl sort of fringe All Pro type season, right? You're expecting him to be good next year?
0: Oh, absolutely! I think the Broncos have really established themselves as a uh, contender here. The AFC West has quickly become the best division in football with the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. Like that's those are four pretty good teams and four pretty good quarterbacks, but. Uh, yeah, the Broncos, I think, ha- are now able to challenge the... Definitely, I think this makes them better than the Chargers. I don't know about on the level of the Chiefs, but I think they could play them close, and certainly... Like, the Broncos, to me, were a quarterback away, and now they just went out and got one of the best.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, their offense... I think their offense is good, maybe not great. Like, they have, like, a really strong uh set of wide receivers Cortland Sutton had a really good year jerry judy is usually good tim patrick and then you know javante williams was sort of i don't think he quite had the breakout some people were expecting from him last season but was certainly very good and then melvin gordon if that's your sort of tandem then that's certainly uh enough to do damage at the running back position i think their defense is actually a little underrated like you know obviously bradley chubb uh, I really like Justin Simmons, the safety, and then Pat Certain, who, you know, people thought they were going to take a quarterback in the draft last year, and they end up spending it on the on the cornerback, uh, Certain, and I think he's going to be really, really solid for them. But Griffin, uh, there were rumblings or rumors or somethings that Von Miller might be uh, interested in returning to his old, his old stomping grounds at Mile High Field. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, wouldn't that be great for Denver if they get this nice haul for Vaughn Miller at the deadline and he goes away, he wins a Super Bowl, the Broncos weren't going to make the playoffs anyway, and then he comes right back, you don't lose anything, you just get a bunch of picks and stuff for free, so I would love that for Denver, uh... Like, I'm, I'm into the Denver Broncos here, and I, I I know that you said you were surprised this happened before the draft, Chris, but I'm a big fan, if you're a GM, of doing a move like this before the draft because now mm-hmm. you know the future of your team is much more set in stone. You know, okay, I just traded away Noah Fant, who's my good young tight end. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. want to draft a new one now. Like, I'm just, you have more information at your disposal, and you're, you're more confident in your vision going forward. So I like that they did this before the draft. I think it'll allow them to fill some more holes in their uh, lineup, even though obviously they're now down a couple picks. But I I really like this Broncos team. I'm going to be watching them very closely.
1: Yeah, I feel like for me, and maybe I'm just being a hater, but I'm not completely sold on Russell Wilson. Like, he seemed consistently banged up over the last couple of years. Like, I mean, it's a... And maybe Stafford, like, you could say the same thing about him during his last couple of years in Detroit, but... It seemed like he was never completely right. Obviously, he's a smaller guy. He's 33 years old. Like they're going to have him for his age 33 and age 34 seasons. It just seems, I don't know. It's it I don't feel utterly confident that he is going to be like the kind of player that they're probably expecting him to be. Is that unreasonable? I get
0: where you're coming from with the health concerns he missed all that time with like the broken finger this year, but before that he had like the Iron Man streak, didn't he? Yeah. And he played yeah. like the most but, games consecutively. Well, yeah, like, I guess like, I'm like, talking less about, or anything like that.
1: But. Yeah, I guess I'm talking about less about missed games and more just about like not playing to his absolute best potential where, you know, he's in he's an all pro guy, he's in contention for offensive player of the year or MVP or that kind of thing that's
0: fair but I do think that in Seattle like they really didn't use him well Pete Carroll insisted on trying to be a run first offense without great running backs they didn't have a good o-line they had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and didn't really ever want to throw it to them so I do think that uh, the Broncos are going to be more happy to air it out, and I th- I think we're going to see like a sort of rejuvenated Russell Wilson. So maybe that- maybe something to keep track of.
1: I think that's very valid. We can put an FL, we can put an HFLC point on that uh, on how the Broncos will do next season. Uh, but Griffin, very quickly because we've already <laughs> gone longer than we were supposed to on uh, on this NFL talk. But Aaron Rodgers, he allegedly maybe or maybe not will be coming back to green bay he had a tweet that was saying the contract figure was not an accurate number i believe the quoted figure was four years 200 million and he said that was not correct uh so you know after all the drama griffin after spending what six weeks plus of our lives (laughs) talking about aaron Rodgers and what he was gonna do he is uh he's back baby aren't you excited
0: yeah he confirmed that uh he the figure might not be correct but he said he would would be staying with the packers so all that for nothing um but we found out a lot of interesting stuff about aaron Rodgers along the way so uh that's good we got the information out of him about the, (laughs) the type of guy he he has become and all that so very interesting aaron Rodgers saga this year um here's my question what like there was a time where I, from an outsider... Used to look into your father's eyes? Oh, classic. Uh, is that Avicii? <laughs>
1: That's, of course, Swedish House Mafia, Griffin. Oh. Sounds like a knockoff Avicii. Um... Okay, I, you really, I can't get into this with you right now, <laughs> but the fact that you called Swedish House Mafia a knockoff Avicii when well, they're, in fact, a supergroup, Griffin. <laughs> Musical supergroups uh, are a real hang... Have we talked about this on the podcast before? Uh, I don't think uh, so. One of the great uh, Wikipedia articles, list of musical supergroups. Uh, but yeah, Swedish House Mafia, Griffin. Axwell, Sebastian and Grosso, Steve Angelo, I believe his name is. Like, Griffin, these Swedish House Mafia predated Avicii, let me tell you. They were already thrown out hits pr- prior to levels.
0: All right, all right. I stand corrected on the uh, house music scene. It's not one into which I wade too deeply. I
1: like Zed. Um, sure I just don't want I just don't want don't you worry child to be tainted by your don't uh, you worry don't you worry child see it's a great song classic Avicii but Uh, sorry please continue there was a time (laughs) I forget oh yes uh
0: there was a time where I was convinced that Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to return to the Packers now that he is going to do you think like what do you think looking back the chance was that he was going to leave do you think it was real and they somehow repaired this relationship?
1: I was honestly very surprised that they re- that they, he is coming back or that they re signed him or that they did whatever they were going to do with him. I thought that that was, you know, sort of a, a fractured relationship. Like, you know, if you think of like the way Tom Brady, that that relationship had sort of soured before he left to Tampa, I think it was much worse than that. Like, I think Brady, I think I saw Brady as having like a pretty good chance of coming back to new England. Um, and he would only leave for, like, football reasons, which I think is more or less how it shook out. But for Rodgers, it seemed like he was just running at the clock, sort of, to get out of there and that, you know, he would probably bring Devontae Adams with him to wherever he was going to go. So I I was very surprised. Were you, uh, you know, did, did you think that they were going to sign him to an extension of this magnitude, certainly? I think that's maybe the, the big thing, that it's such a big extension and such a long extension rather than, you know, just to sort of, a holdover, we'll run it back next year and then we'll see. No,
0: yeah, I certainly did not see this coming. Like I said, I, I thought that obviously they played well this year, but all of the off the field stuff to me was just like another mm-hmm. layer that would lead to him looking for a change of scenery this off season. Uh so I am surprised that the Packers committed so much to him. I believe he's in his late thirties now. Um and, yeah, so we'll see what the actual number is, and obviously he's the best quarterback in the NFL, maybe the best player in the NFL. So, like I just said with Russell Wilson, when you have a the best quarterback in the NFL, you don't let them go, and the Packers clearly did what they had to do to salvage this relationship, so credit to them uh, regardless of what i think of rogers as a guy it's the it's the right football move to do and there was a time where this certainly seemed like a beyond broken relationship so they did the work and figured out how to make him stay so good for them but i do think that there was a real chance that he was going to leave
1: yeah absolutely um rogers just turned 38 at the end of uh, last year so there's that um but griffin let's move on because we <laughs> that, that wasn't a segment. That was just news. Uh, and we do have a segment, which is the NBA playoff picture. Once again, we're, we're going back to our old stomping grounds uh, in the National Basketball Association. Uh, let's take a, a zoom in here, perhaps, on the West play-in, because I think that's a very interesting situation. Um, so looking at the standings right now, seventh seed is the... Surprisingly surging Minnesota Timberwolves. They're 37 and 29. The Clippers are just above 500. The Lakers are 28 and 36. Isn't that just a a nasty, like when you hear that, doesn't it just really hit your ear in a gross way? 28 and 36. I don't know. Let me see what that projects to over a. That's that projects to a 36 win season. Oh. So like just a. Bad, bad basketball team, and then Port, and then uh, the Pelicans rather are kind of creeping up behind. They're only, I think, one and a half games back. I'm not good at, a- at this math, but I believe one and a half games back of the nine spot. And then I mean, like, you they just can't beat the fully- Lakers by like thirty the other day. Oh, they destroyed them. And I don't think you could even fully count out. Por- I think Portland might be done. Don't they have a lot of injuries? I think. Uh, yeah, like they have like Bledsoe and year, Little's out for the season, Simons is day-to-day right now, so they, they might be out of it, but of those four teams, who are you most afraid of? Is it the Lakers? And but first, let's establish this. Do we think that if the Clippers are in the playoffs, are we going to see Paul George? Are we going to see Kawhi Leonard? Because I think that is something you have to talk about first before you can really make that decision.
0: Yeah, it's funny that the Timberwolves are sort of fully healthy and have had this nice year, and then the Clippers, Lakers, and Pelicans have all been without either their best player or, in the case of the Lakers, their close second best player for like basically the entire season. So those are three teams that, but all three of those guys, uh, whether it's George and Kawhi on the Clippers, Anthony Davis on the Lakers, or Zion on the Pelicans, might be ramping up to this return like around the play-in time, maybe mm-hmm. with a few games to go in the regular season. In terms of the Clippers and your question, Chris, I do think there's a chance we see Paul George. I'd be surprised if we see Kawhi Leonard. I don't know. I haven't heard any reports lately on either of their status, but that's just the vibes I got from their injuries in general.
1: Yeah, Paul George, I think there was always kind of a like, we'll reassess him in X weeks thing. And then like X weeks came and went and we never really got like a firm answer on things. I I may have said this on the podcast, but I've always felt like Kawhi, regardless of how they do this year, I don't think we will see him. Um, There was a a small tidbit that I saw. There was like a deleted Instagram video of uh, one of the Clippers players. I'm trying to remember who, but one of the Clippers players getting some shots up. And then you saw Kawhi Leonard in the background also getting shots up. So that was a whole thing. Really? Yeah, so that was like a a little element of mystery to it. But I do, I think I am in agreement that we will not see him. Um, But you you make a good point that Zion Williamson is also weirdly in the mix here. I haven't even really thought about him much lately because he has managed to sort of shift back out of the, the limelight a little bit, even though he does seem like he's closer to returning than he has been do you are you are you expecting him to be back like for the playoffs or anything like that?
0: I mean, I wasn't until this report that he was back. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he was back in the city of New Orleans or back with the team. Back but in either New Orleans, way, I
1: think was what I heard. Yeah,
0: which like with any other player would not be news if he hadn't made this weird move to go rehab in. I think he went to Portland, didn't he? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, to the Blazers.
0: Yeah, so I still don't know if we'll see him this year, but there are sort of rumblings. I was listening to a Pelicans reporter on Zach Lowe's podcast that he might be trying to work his way back for the last few games of the regular season, especially if the Pelicans look like they're going to make the play-in. And then from there, the Pelicans are very intriguing from there. Uh, But I had a question for you, Chris. Well, I was just wondering, of those four teams, the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans, let's assume paul george anthony davis and zion williamson are all back but Kawhi leonard is not Mm -hmm. so who do you most and least want to play from that group i
1: mean how slanderous is it if i say i want to play the lakers (laughs) even with
0: anthony davis back
1: well so here's the thing if if i'm you know, I'm looking at this from the perspective of the Suns, right? Because they're the presumptive number one seed. I don't think anyone's going to catch them. They're, I think, eight games up on Memphis. Yes, they is are insane. Uh, and I'm thinking, if I look at the Lakers, I'm like, we beat this team last year comfortably. And like we weren't like we weren't even trying that hard. Like we weren't as good then as we are now. True. And then you know you the Lakers are not as good now as they were then. So like if if we beat them already in a playoff series, we have that confidence. We have that experience playing against LeBron, things like that. And then also they're worse, and they will be dealing with playoff Russell Westbrook, who is a a, a coin flip, I would say, at the best of times then I'm kind of leaning towards them because, like, you know, if you look at – and, like, maybe it's Minnesota just because they don't really have that experience. But, like, Carl anthony Towns has been so good this year. Like, offensively, I think he is a better weapon than any of the other teams. Even, you know, Paul George or Zion Williamson, I think he is the number one guy I would be scared of. So Definitely. I almost feel like it's the Lakers, especially considering – how good the pelicans have been lately and that they have the chance to get zion back i guess since they are still like they're still a below average offense they're still a below average defense so maybe that's where you go but i don't know like i i would if if i go with the lakers i guess i'm reducing the number of variables to some extent although lebron james is still like the ultimate variable i guess
0: yeah, well, that's my thing, is that, like, the Lakers, I know that all season they have been proving that they really are this bad, but they can't be this bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the
1: thing. It's like- that's what
0: I keep hearing in my head, especially if they get Anthony Davis back and get him a few games to wrap up, and then LeBron James in the playoffs, like, he's going to be pissed. So I just, I, I realize that they might still be bad, but it's a gamble that I think I don't want to take when I feel like I have easier options in the Timberwolves and the Clippers. Uh, So I think I would probably pick the Timberwolves as good as Carl Anthony Towns is. They're still young Uh, They're, and just maybe it's just a vibes thing, but I mean, or maybe the Clippers because Paul George is the worst of
1: like the four best players. But then it's like, how can you pick the Clippers? What after last season? (laughs) Like, you never, ever, ever would have in a million years picked the Clippers to win against Utah or to put it, win two games against Phoenix, and With then they clue. pull it out. Like they are, they are weirdly like a team that overperforms, and I feel like, like I mean, realistically, let's be honest. If I'm Phoenix, I'm not afraid of any of these teams. No, like, not even close. I'm ready to stomp them. But the last thing here, the the top of the East is very much in play. Weirdly, in play for like the top six seeds, basically. I mean. You know, people have sort of been counting Cleveland at all year. I don't think the first seed is in the cards for them, um, and sort of by extension, you know, they're only one game behind Boston and Chicago. So, like, if they're if you're saying Cleveland's out of the mix, then you kind of have to say that Chicago and Boston could be out of the mix as well. But if you're looking yeah. at Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, how much how much importance are you placing? on the first seed and, you know, getting that easier second round matchup versus making sure your team is, you know, rested and healthy for the playoffs. How, how important do you think the first seed is in this scenario, both for the play and for the second round?
0: I mean, I think to me, it's more important than it is to these teams. I think we've seen over the last few years, teams, elite championship level teams, which I think all three of those teams are, they don't care about playoff seeding they don't care about matchups. I mean, they'll they'll maybe maneuver a bit to try to avoid a bad first round matchup or something, but in in the end, I think that they these elite playoff teams in the NBA the last few years have sort of had the mentality of the, they'll beat anyone in front of them. With that being said, I think in the East this year, the first seed is a big deal for two reasons. Number 1, I think we can fairly fairly assume that the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the little play-in tournament and that'll make them the 7 seed. So I don't want to be the second seed who has to play the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. Sure, yeah. Kevin Durant, who knows about Kyrie, but maybe Ben Simmons like I I'm looking to avoid that at all costs and if right. let's say it's Milwaukee, just picking one of the 3 out of a hat. Like even if they go 7 good games and come in tired like I don't I don't want that. I want an
1: easy first round
0: matchup yeah, or an almost- easier against like the Raptors. Or yeah, the, Milwaukee. Uh, you know,
1: Milwaukee almost lost to Brooklyn last year, uh, with you know limited Kyrie, limited Harden. So I I definitely think that Brooklyn is the team to avoid. Um, just from a Raptors perspective, you know, obviously they have not been doing well lately. I think they're like two and five in their last seven or something like that. Um, oh, Fred hurt. So true, King. Uh, is there is there a team out of those that you are like really really we don't want to play these guys because I think the Raptors mentality has always been, like, we can play up to any team, basically, but is there a team where you're just, like, we're totally screwed if we go against these guys? As the Raptors? like Yeah, from the Raptors' perspective.
0: um, I think that Joel Embiid would eat them alive, personally. <laughs> yeah, like, Mark Gasol was the most underrated part of that Raptors' championship run. Without him, they lose to Philadelphia in the second round. I have no, no doubt in my mind that... If they hadn't traded Jonas Valanciunas for him, he was so good on D against Joel Embiid. And Embiid still had a great series. Mm -hmm. So, like, now that the... (laughs) Well, up and down. He had some Um, good games. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But now that the Raptors have basically no centers, like, Kevin Durant obviously is maybe the second best player in the world. Maybe the best player in the world. So, you're avoiding him when you can but I think that matchup wise the Raptors can throw Pascal at him they can throw OG at him they can throw Scotty at him they can throw Thaddeus at him they've got those lengthy guys who can at least bother Kevin Durant no one's going to stop him but they can give him a lot of looks um and then Milwaukee sort of the same thing with Giannis obviously and they've proven different Giannis than it was two years ago but Nick Nurse figured out Giannis and then Giannis countered but I think that Joel Embiid, there's just, there's no one on the Raptors who would be able to stop him. And Fred no. and Gary Trent can stay in front of James Harden probably, but Embiid would feast. So that's the team I'm trying to avoid if I'm the Raptors. I mean, you're going to be in the play-in tournament, so you don't really get that luxury. But that's the team I'm hoping that I don't have to match up with. Because I do yeah. think that the Raptors can make a competitive series out of anyone, but uh, yeah, I think that... um
1: and Bead Factory is just too much to overcome. Yeah, certainly not a uh, not not a sure thing by any stretch. I think with the way they're playing right now, that they will you know be be in the playoffs even. So we'll have to uh, love we'll to see how that shakes out. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with some more HFLC and some breaking news right after this. And welcome back to. Floor low ceiling. Oh, uh, that that's nice. I, I was I was trying to do a bit of a uh, Bradley Cooper in Starsborn but I think I shifted a little into a Sam Elliott Starsborn Born*. Uh, Can't go wrong with a Sam Elliott. Well, have you, did you see his recent comments that he made?
0: No. What, about, what did he say uh,
1: about, about *Power of the Dog*? Saying he didn't like it because of its homosexual undertones and what does Jane Campion know about the American West? Really? Yeah, so some yeah, some questionable stuff coming up from Sam Elliott. So uh That's that's a all right, Sam then let's I'm cutting all of this. <laughs> <laughs> No no keep it in. Uh some some questionable comments from Sam Elliott. But, you know, hopefully he can educate himself. Uh Griffin, we teased some breaking news, which of course will no longer be breaking, uh when the episode comes out, but Carson Wentz has officially been traded to the Washington Commanders. Uh, a, a strange trade. Uh, the Commanders getting Wentz and a second rounder. They're swapping second rounders with the Colts. And then also giving up two third round picks. One of which could become a second. If, you know, Wentz has always has had that uh, number of downs played threshold for, uh, for a couple of seasons now. This is a strange move. <laughs> um, I'm surprised the Commanders made this move. I guess for the Colts it makes more sense they're basically like punting on Wentz and diving back into the quarterback uh, pool right yeah but
0: yeah is this the best Washington could do in the quarterback pool I mean there's no obvious quarterback in the draft this year and now that Rogers and Wilson are both uh, taken care of I guess yeah I mean maybe it is the best they could do are there any other quarterbacks who are supposed to be
1: on the move this offseason I don't really think so I mean like like, you could talk about Baker Mayfield. You could talk about Matt True. Ryan. Like, there are guys who are sort of, like, not not he's out of here in the way that, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is, but certainly in the mix. Yeah,
0: and I think uh, Wentz is better than Matt Ryan, so I think this is really? okay for the Commanders. I mean, I know he struggled with the Colts a bit this year, but what the hell's Matt Ryan done lately?
1: I guess so. I mean, like, really, like... They're both mediocre. Are, yeah. I wouldn't really be giving up draft capital for either of those guys so maybe uh we'll have to see how things shake out for for both these teams really because if the colts end up trading significant amounts of capital for jimmy garoppolo then they could have they could come out losers in this as well uh but we'll see on that griffin we're turning away from the uh sports that we cover extensively and we are instead turning to some little corners of the sporting world we are going to do one of our favorite things, just to have a draft. Uh, we are going to be drafting some obscure sports, Griffin. Uh, some sports that we've always wanted to check out, that we haven't gotten around to. Uh, you have created an interesting stipulation here, and we will have to discuss uh, maybe some of my selections here. But you're, you, you made it clear that you wanted f- truly obscure sports, not just sports that might be popular elsewhere but uh, but are not common here, right? Yeah, well, I mean, like,
0: they can be popular some places, but I, I just wanted to avoid, like, basically soccer and cricket. I wanted to take off the table. Okay. That, that I... was basically what I had in mind. Aside from that, I think most things will be on the table, and we'll put it up
1: for discussion. Okay, um, I can accept that. And uh, would you like to flip a coin for the first pick? Because, you, you know, just to, a little bit of inside baseball. Sometimes we reveal our selections to each other, beforehand so that we don't have overlap this time i feel like this could be competitive and so i have i have my draft board here and i would really like the first pick uh so shall we flip for it i won the uh,
0: winter activities draft so i'm willing (laughs) to give you uh, the poll said it was true um so i'm willing to give you the first overall pick because it seems it seems important
1: to you and i'm I'm more
0: ambiguous about my board i think i've got a lot of good options here
1: Okay, I will graciously accept the first pick. Um, Griffin, just while we're at it, talking about this poll, you tried to pull a fast one on me on Twitter the other day when I replied to your infamous sad dud contest tweet. Great tweet. <laughs> you you searched it up a couple would, days yeah, later would, just
0: to rub my nose in the fact that it didn't take off the way it should have.
1: I was spending some time with the great Clem McConnell, a uh, member of the three-timers club, I was having a delicious meal. We we got some lunch. Uh, I was having a tuna melt that was very sumptuous and some, some tomato corn chowder, which was oh. really delicious. I forget the name of the place, but shout out to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very nice uh, service there as well. Uh, and yeah, we were talking about your famous sad dud contest tweet. And so How I, did that I searched come up? it up. I forget. I think Clem brought it up. I'm not taking responsibility for this. Uh, and so I searched it up. And I replied, "This flopped," which is true. But which is true. But you, true, but, it you know, it was it was cruel of me, certainly. And then you you ratioed me, but your <laughs> ratio consisted of yourself liking your own tweet and the HFLC account I, liking that, your tweet mysteriously. You have
0: to take that up with our social media intern. I guess they just felt that. I re- mm-hmm. that you really did deserve the L plus ratio, plus no one asked. Mm-hmm.
1: That, well, truly uh, no one asked, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so I'm, I, I think that that little You, you caught that, eh? You decided to check out who had liked the tweets? <laughs> I think that does call into question uh, the validity of the winter activities poll. Is all I'm saying. It. Does. I uh, voted
0: from my own personal account on the winter activities polls. I'm sure you did too. I will fully admit to that. But the high floor, low ceiling account—you cannot vote on your own poll. So that I was I not able not. to use that for shenanigans. One of your other alts, then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I leave
1: it out there. I'm all out there. I'm no Kevin Durant. I what? have the number one overall pick here, Griffin. And this is this is a. Bit of a cheat, I will say. I must. Uh, I will confess to you because this is a sport that I have taken. I'll say a passing interest in over the last two years or so. I have. I have watched a game of this sport. This uh, is valid, I think. But you know, I, I haven't fully committed myself to this. I'm going to draft with the number one overall pick. Aussie rules football. Oh. I think this is an absolute win um if you haven't watched the game griffin it's sort of it's like a football rugby hybrid there's a lot of kicking uh which is of the is ball surprisingly of fun of the ball uh but it's like action kicking like people like scoop the ball and it's like oh we gotta kick it uh <laughs> can you say that as an aussie rules football player would say it? we gotta we gotta kick it you uh, i'm not gonna say that word but <laughs> you know we're in <laughs> australian people well, like they to love say. that word <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is uh, I, I watched the final, the uh, I forget who was playing, but <laughs> I watched the final of it. I think last year might have been 2020, but uh, a very entertaining sport. Uh, a lot of movement, a lot of uh, you know thing balls going through hoops and like there's like sort of a triangle of poles and which side you kick it into matters for some reason i'm still not totally clear on the rules even though i did watch a game but a very exciting sport an action-packed sport obviously australian vibes are automatically good vibes i feel great about this pick you know i
0: definitely agree with you about the australian vibes and i love that pick if you had said rugby i would have sort of challenged you on the on the obscurity of the sport but i think aussie rules football is perfectly obscure And it seems like a lot of fun. I've caught, like, a brief glimpse of matches. Once I went to the, like, on-campus bar at Carleton University to watch a Carleton Ravens basketball game. They were playing in the U Sports Final 8 tournament, um in like Halifax and so I was like mm-hmm. oh I'm gonna go to watch the game and I went to the game and all of the TVs were tuned to Aussie rules football <laughs> instead of the own school's <laughs> game so I think that that's a whole thing about the problems of youth sports in its own right sure but uh I did watch a bit of Aussie rules football that time and before I got them to change the channel and it did seem like a lot of fun so I I applaud that pick
1: that seems like a great pick yeah season is also uh starting up next week and I already I have already selected my team I'll be a supporter of uh, of Geelong, G E E L O N G, Griffin Geelong. The Cats, I believe, are are there. Uh... Is that
0: is that a place in Australia? Like, does it follow North American naming conventions, or is it more believe... like a esports? Yes, type Geelong
1: thing? is a city in Australia. It's a port city in Victoria. I mean, I'm looking at a beautiful photo of the waterfront here. Um, I'm feeling great about my pick of Geelong as well as my pick of Aussie rules football, but please Griffin, give me your number one pick. I mean, Hey, I might, maybe we could watch a game of that together.
0: That sounds fun. I've got family friends from Australia, so I might have to just confirm which city they're from and that'll influence the team that I pick, but I will get back to you on that. Um, I just want to address an elephant in the room, Chris, some people might expect me to take darts in this draft. I didn't think it was quite obscure enough. Um, And also, I just like watching darts now is not the same as it would have been in the past because obviously no one will ever live up to the legacy Mm, of the great, the unprecedented Eric Bristow. Huh? I'm just kidding. You know, I'm talking Phil <laughs> Taylor, Chris. No, Eric Bristow can't hold a candle to Phil Taylor. Never. I, I saw him ranked as the fourth best darts player of all time, which is just like, get the hell out of here with Mm-mm. that weak nonsense. Mm-mm-mm. Side note. I'm wagging sp- my
1: finger. What?
0: Uh, Eric Bristow passed away in 2018. I oh just want to God. give a very, a very oh solemn <laughs> rest in peace to Eric Bristow. Thank you for Why your was contribution. That your
1: pick, you could have picked a living dartsman.
0: Thank you for your contribution <laughs> to the great... Uh, I had to pick someone who was retired. I think number two and three are both still active. Um,
1: okay. Um, I, I will say, I, the if you did want to pick darts, darts, I would be okay with it. I have some picks that I think are on the level of darts, and maybe I will be challenged on that, but we'll see.
0: Okay, well, I, I did have other... We'll, we'll leave it off the board. Um, my first pick, I am going to go... With, I believe the world championship of it is called the World Indoor Bowls Championship, but really it's lawn bowling. They do it on like a non-grass surface, but I'm going with lawn bowling as my first pick. Uh, it's a great game to play when you're camping or when you're looking for something to do with your friends in the park. And on top of that, you may have seen that viral shot a couple years ago at the World Indoor Bowls Championship, Chris, where the guy has six inches. He literally has the width of a ball to put it through and like hits it perfectly. You'll, you'd recognize wow. it if you saw it. It went viral at the time. <laughs> but I saw that and I was like, damn, this seems like a really fun sport. So with my first pick, I'm going with
1: indoor lawn bowling. Wow. You have, you've drastically shifted my paradigm, I will say, on what uh, an obscure sport can be considered uh i feel like i have picked sports that you know more or less have a following well no Uh, i
0: I just one one other thing i want to say another thing that appealed to me about the world indoor bowls championship is i looked up that shot in preparation for this to figure out what the sport was called if they called it lawn bowling or something else and like they've got the guys mic'd up and he's like oh it's a window of about six inches as his teammates going to shoot and he's like, so you can hit that. And then the team like, like takes a step back and just like chuckles. And then the entire crowd laughs. It's like, it's kind of like watching a play, but they cut to a shot of the crowd laughing. (laughs) It is literally like
1: watching a play.
0: Well, it's just like, like you can hear everything they're saying. It's like a community experience. Like you can't laugh at a joke that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. makes to Boba Um, but they cut to a shot of the crowd laughing. And there are probably like at least 25 people in this shot, not a single one of them under the age of 80. So I feel like if I went to a game, I would just be like beloved. Everyone would be like, Oh my God, this young person is here to enjoy our sport. So I think that would be great vibes. That's another
1: reason I took indoor bowls. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay. Well, I will sort of move in that similar space. And again, this is a, Maybe I've chosen less obscure sports than you, maybe not. But with my number two pick, I'm also going to keep it in the indoor ball sports realm, and I'm going to select snooker. Uh, I'll, of I'll course accept that. The the famous cue, you know, it's it's a pool table. It's played on a pool table. Uh, there are a bunch of balls. A lot of them are pink for some reason. Seems like a weird choice for a sport. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with the color pink. Pink naturally, but it does surprise me that, like, some old British men were like, yeah, it's pink. This is the one we like. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea how it's played. Yep. I have seen videos of it. I have seen some guy do a clean break where he gets all the balls and gets a bunch of points. I have no idea how it works. I believe balls are worth certain amounts of points. Uh, but Snooker, I'm going to figure out the rules of Snooker. Everyone who plays it, like, wears a vest, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> is what I recall. Is that true? yeah like if you look at videos like they're all wear, like they all look like waiters <laughs> is that for style or for like because it helps i can't imagine that it helps uh I'm <laughs> so it's like look- a thing
0: where like you have to wear all white at wimbledon if you're playing snooker you have to wear a vest
1: i think it is like it's a classic british like show some decorum i think probably snooker is like the upperclassman's darts which, you know, maybe that's... Uh...
0: I really thought you would say the upperclassman's pool. <laughs> sure.
1: sure. Uh, you know, that's arguably true. But uh, but yeah, we'll see. Wow. Here is... I'm just looking at pictures of people playing snooker, and they all, they all appear to be either wearing leather jackets or waiter's vests. <laughs> so... Well,
0: I'm with you, Chris, in that I have never once been able to understand the rules of snooker and seeing it, like, in bars o- over the corner with no sound on but um I'm, I'm curious to see what you find out please report back uh with my second pick i'm happy that i was able to get this one in the second this might be a little not obscure enough like they play it in the olympics so i don't know if that's like a good dividing no. line but i'm gonna i'm gonna try i'm gonna see if you accept it i'm gonna try for
1: european handball i think that is a terrific pick griffin i think maybe we underrate how popular uh, handball is. I think it's just called handball. I think maybe European maybe we call is a, it European handball. a moniker yeah, added by North Americans. But, yeah, European handball, I think that's a solid pick. I think it is weirdly popular. Like it's. I feel like it's like the basketball of Europe. I guess basketball <laughs> is kind of the basketball yeah, of Europe, Basketball is pretty about, like, popular in Europe. If you go back, like, 50 years, because, you know, Europe's been around way longer than North America. So mm. I feel like handball was, like, The basketball to soccer's football. (laughs) Okay. I love Mm -hmm. handball. It, It was like my, we never
0: really got to play it in gym class, but I always thought it was super fun. Like, I wasn't very good at soccer, but I was good at handball. And, like, it just seems like a better version of soccer. Like, it's the same simple setup where it's just a ball, get it in the goal, but you can use your hands instead of your feet, which just makes it more fun. Um, so I think handball is just a better version of soccer, and I'm really looking forward to to uh, getting to watch that.
1: I think that's a terrific pick. Do you, is there? Do you know anything about? Is there a league? Is there like I, a Euro Cup? I assume Cup?
0: there's got to be some sort of like European Championship. I know yeah. that like I believe you can only take a certain number of steps when you have the ball, um, <laughs> sure. and that there's like a crease that like you can't shoot inside the crease or something. kind of like lacrosse oh that's another one that i almost put on my list but it's pretty popular here in canada is indoor box lacrosse like the toronto rock yeah yeah. so much fun to watch
1: yeah that's a that that would be off the table for sure although i did also look at it was like that would be a good one um so are you are you gonna be more club teams or international play is my last question for you
0: Uh, Just in general, when I'm sort of starting to get into something new, I do tend to lean international. I feel like it's easier to get into a sport when you're watching international teams.
1: I think that's totally true. I think the World Cup is like you know very, very easy to get into. Um, With my final pick, Griffin. This is this is an interesting one because I don't know the format that this takes. uh, Professionally, I've seen you know. I've seen obviously some older uh, representations of the professional version of this sport. Uh, I've seen, I think, some newer ones, but I haven't really been clear on the format or the scoring or anything like that. But and again, tell me if this is too mainstream. I'm going to select skateboarding with my third round pick. No, like
0: X Games sort of. Well, that's the thing. It's
1: like does the X game still exist? Like, are we still doing the, are we still doing the big vert? Um, (laughs) But then like, I've also seen like, there's like street skating sort of competitions where you're like doing tricks and stuff. And that's like being scored that I think that is maybe more what, uh, where my interest is, is uh, taking me because like, like like,
0: like at the Olympics they had like the skate park and people would get scores.
1: Right. Yeah. Because just because like, the big vert and the half pipe and that stuff—that was mainstream at one point, like for a brief period in like the '90s and 2000s. So, I'll, I'll take that off the table and I'll just be looking at like street skating. And I feel like Nija Houston is a name that I hear a lot. Don't know anything about the guy. I'm sure he's cool. Uh, and so I'll be I'll be looking into him and seeing what his deal is uh, on the skateboarding scene.
0: Yeah, one thing that I want you to report back to me on—I remember when we watched when. Like, I watched it in the Olympics. Like, I feel like both men's and women's, like, the average age of the competitor was, like, 16. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: there was, like, a 13-year-old from America Who, or I something. think, won a medal.
0: Um, I think that's true. So, skateboarding, a young person's sport. That's a great pick, Chris. Uh, personally, yeah, maybe I don't a better love... pick
1: for you since you're such a young person, but...
0: True, true. Yeah, you're going to be... You're going to show up at the skate park. Everyone's going to identify you as an old, an oldie right away. Mm-hmm. an Old fogey. Um, mm-hmm. But... <laughs> I don't personally love sports with judges. Uh, I find those a little harder to get into, but I do like them during the Olympics. Uh, For my final pick, Chris, I'm taking us across the globe to a sport that is popular in Southeast Asia. I'm sure I'm not fully pronouncing this correctly, but I believe it is called Sipak Takra. I might have read the same article.
1: (laughs) No, no. Please continue.
0: Uh, Sipak Takra it's basically volleyball, but you only play with your feet.
1: Ooh, I've, wow. I That's feel like I've s-
0: seen clips of like crazy rallies on like some like wide world sports type of thing. But this is something that I watched a couple clips of and the athleticism on display is unbelievable. So I'm really looking forward to getting to check out some top ta- Takra. I'm going to do some more research and I'm sure I'll come to our listeners with some uh, YouTube recommendations
1: the national sport of malaysia this looks very fascinating i thought you were going to go uh well high is another uh i feel like southeast asia i feel like southeast asia really has some strong uh sports are you familiar with Kabaddi, griffin
0: no that one i don't
1: know uh so i'll I'll give you a quick overview because i'll just read from wikipedia here it's it's an ancient indian sport in origin uh two teams of seven players The objective is for a single player on offense, referred to as a Raider, to run into the opposing team's half of a court, touch out as many of their defenders as possible, and return to their own half without being tackled in a single breath. And my understanding... What an odd (laughs) wrinkle. Maybe it's different in, uh, in the modern parlance, but my understanding is that in order to prove that you are not uh, taking a breath you must continually say kabaddi 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 oh. as you are trying to tag your your opponents in order to I feel to like prove I might have played you're, this you're not in
0: like gym class as a kid or something like that. It is that. a it
1: does feel like a r- real gym class sport, you know, minus the tackling of course, but I mean that yeah. the tackle once you get that into the equation so like you're trying not to get tagged but you're also trying to get ta- to tackle your the raider this sounds really good. I'm, I'm gonna add this to my list of things to check out. Like that's... that'll be a shared one.
0: Yeah, uh, we might turn so... this into a kabaddi
1: podcast. <laughs> a <Kapati. laughs> Uh So that is our draft. Uh, some uh, two strong slates, I think. Uh, on my side, you have Aussie rules football, you have snooker, and you have skateboarding. Honorable mention to uh, world chase tag. Oh um, yeah, I considered throwing in there. Uh, and then Griffin has Indoor Bulls, <laughs> European Handball, and CPAC Takra. Some some great choices, I think, yeah. here.
0: A lot of honorable mentions to give out, too. Like, what's that thing where they used to play basketball, but the court had trampolines on it? I think it was called, like, Slam Ball. Yeah, wasn't that... Isn't that the movie Basketball? <laughs> also? No, that's a combination of baseball and basketball. That's a great movie. We should talk about that on the pod one day. Yeah, See how I was well say, we... South Park comedy ages.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, we haven't. Uh, we ha- we didn't do a movie corner today, but yeah, we were we were packed. So we'll we'll come yeah. back to it. Apparently, uh, I'm just looking up Slamball now. Apparently, the neutrality of the Wikipedia article is disputed. Oh, geez, so, some bu- some heavy bias
0: coming into the Slamball. Yeah, so ball try article. and
1: try and find some unbiased sources when you do your <laughs> Slamball research, folks. But that is going to do it for today's episode. <laughs> we ran a little long today, having too much fun. Uh, but of course. You can always, you know, check out our old episodes, follow us uh, on Spotify or wherever you do that. Uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, etc. Um, follow us at HFLC Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. We got all the platforms for your viewing pleasure. Uh, you can follow Griffin at Griffin Porter ninety seven. You can follow myself at Chow Sun Jan uh anything else griffin uh
0: i believe uh i'm not sure if you want to keep this in the pod but i believe a relative of yours followed us on instagram just last night chris uh i'm not sure if you have a relative named kang kang that house is
1: and jan? my dear father yes kang well house
0: and jan. he gave us a follow on instagram so a big shout out to kang house and jan he's our follower of the week uh,
1: <laughs> huge I, shout out to kang uh t- i will say i'm just going to warn you now terrible social media commenter (laughs) Uh, there's a there's a famous image where uh well it's, it's, it's an image of my sister's wedding where kang is depicted and he has his eyes closed uh you know he's like blinking or something his famous comment on facebook was and i quote and you can try and interpret this here quote my eyes are closed intentionally period am i dreaming question mark That's (laughs) that's philosoph- <laughs> philosophical, philosophical. <laughs> um, I like that. Kang seems very wise. And whenever, um, like, we're always like, what does this mean? <laughs> this is crazy. And then he's always just like, oh, well, you know, it's like uh, my eyes were closed.
0: <laughs> well, I did take a scroll through Kang's Instagram. He, he's he got some beautiful photos up there. I scrolled down until I could find one of you to try and figure out if this was a coincidence that we had a follower with the last name House and Jan, <laughs> or if it was, in fact, a relative of yours. And I found a beautiful photo of your family. It was a Candid. I believe it might have been from a Christmas or something like that. Uh, It was my first look at many members of the House and Jan family. They look absolutely lovely.
1: Someday I hope (laughs) to meet them. But that was a really big shout out to Kang. Huge shout out. I'm sure we'll have you around for supper sometime. Uh, That's going to do it for today's episode. Until next time, for Griffin and myself, keep your floors high and your ceilings low.